Happy Monday. Welcome into NSN Daily. Alex Margulies and Brian Samudio with you. I haven't hosted with you in a while, man. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been good. You've been yeah. traveling, doing all kinds of stuff. But uh, busy, busy day on the show. Uh, the uh, suspensions have been handed down for now UNLV by the Mountain West Conference after the, the uh, little uh, dust-up with uh, Nevada, uh, the final game of the year. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Raiders say goodbye to Oakland Coliseum. and uh, What a goodbye. Yeah, it was a, yeah, I mean... It was it was sad in a couple of ways, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's, it's what's what's happening. We're having we have an update on uh, the Allegiant Stadium down south as well. Marcus Arroyo's contract at UNLV is massive. We're going to kind of delve into that, but uh, first we're going to get into uh, some signing day stuff going on. Nevada picked up a commit this morning, but before we get to that, you had an epic weekend. It was right? good going out and. Just tearing up the slopes. Yeah, had a chance to get out to Kirkwood Friday, check it out. Uh, a little icy in the morning, but a lot of snow fell throughout the day. And first time to ski there in a couple years, yeah. so it was, uh, it was really nice. And then woke up real, real early, kind of uh, O-Dark 30, and, and uh, hit the pavement to get out to Alpine uh, for, for some early morning turns. Yesterday it was an absolutely perfect day. A lot of hooting and hollering on the mountain as yeah. there was uh, some real nice kind of fresh, dry, uh, cold snow. It was a very uh, cold temperatures. Uh, Saturday night going into Sunday and uh, so really really fun uh, ski day yesterday and just get out and relax and and uh, enjoy the mountain and first couple days here this season for me uh, getting to a few of those mountains so it's it was a good weekend. How about you? I, was good. I just kind of laid low and watched football. You know Army, football in. Army Navy game is one of my favorite events um, by far when it comes to football or anything annual age. That's I just, a cool tradition. I love the tradition that's come along with it. Um, this one, unfortunately, was marred by some. some, some yeah, people. that was a shame. Yeah, they're doing some. Uh, look it up. We're not going to get into what happened, but if you want to, it's, it's all over Twitter. Um, some cadets and some people making some really bad decisions. But uh, it's not going to mar the tradition that is this rivalry. Mm -hmm. It's always the last game of the year. Uh, Navy, much better football team, and uh, yeah, it was. It's it's a lot of from the pomp and the circumstance, and and for me, I just I'm a traditionalist. I love, I love seeing that. the guys are all in the uniforms, mm -hmm. and it's just it's it's it has such a classic feel, and and you know this time of year you don't have college football, so to have that game, it's it's uh, nice to kind of fill that void and 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 see that tradition live on, and, and something that's been going on for for so many years, mm -hmm. and and uh, it's such a neat part of college football. I love that they give it their own weekend now. Oh yeah, that there's yeah. no other games, and it's like that's it. this is it. That's it. It's yep. in Philly. Philadelphia, the sitting president, whoever uh, that person is, switches sides at halftime before him. There's the prisoner exchange because, and I think this is a really neat sort of, I guess, uh, foreign exchange student program within the Navy and the, Navy, the United States Naval Academy and the Military Academy of the Army is that, you know, a certain amount of cadets or, or students will, okay, spend X amount of a semester, I think it's a semester, um, at Annapolis or or in West Point, and then they return the guys uh, or gals to uh, to their respective uh, service academies uh, right before the game. I, I think it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of college football, signing day is on Wednesday, and uh, Nevada. Uh, if you're Nevada right now, you're kind of just going, all right, let's get to the finish line. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in a dead period right now, so there is no contact. Um, in-home contact. There can be contact via social media and phone calls, but that's it. You can't have a visit. They finished them up uh, over the week, uh, last weekend. But um, if you're Nevada, you're just, you've seen some decommits, and one of them being Vi Caja. We'll see where Vi signs. I don't know if he's going to end up at Nevada. I, I really don't have a feeling that he is. But uh, the guy that I really like in this class is Isaac Jernigan, 
who's just an all-around athlete. I mean, young kid, Santa Margarita Catholic High School, 5'9 163, but he's just a dart. He really is just an athlete. And if you're Jane Orvell, you just got to find out, all right, where am I, where am I going to put this young man? But um, a lot of offensive mm -hmm. linemen in this class. So this is a class you're going to like. Yeah. A lot of big boys. And, and Nevada has needed depth. They always, we always talk about depth on the offensive line. So, you know, you finally get Angus McClure some, some time to, to work and, and get out in his recruiting circles. And he's so well connected, especially in Northern California, in Sacramento, mm -hmm. uh, and plucking some of these big, strong kids. And, and you know, there is some size coming in. Uh, for Nevada, and there was some size last year. You think about a guy like Cole Watts. I mean, mm -hmm. you watch him walk around, and, and yeah. I imagine Angus is excited to get a kid like that and uh, in, in actually get him to start playing now that he's been in the system a little bit longer. But, yeah, I think Jernigan, he, he fits the mold of a guy that we've seen, you know, the last couple of classes, like Romeo Dubs. Mm -hmm. you know, Romeo Dubs was a kid out of L.A. That, that had incredible speed and was a, a kind of a big recruit for Nevada when they got him. And Jay Norvell said at that press conference about Dubs that he was he really could play anywhere. He could play anywhere on the West Coast, yeah. and Nevada uh, was for, fortunate to get him. So uh, another just guy that you, you need speed. And that yeah. was the first thing that Nevada said, uh, when, or Jay Norvell said when he took over the job, was that we need to get faster and we need to get stronger. And I, I think that's thing, when you look at this football team, I think across the board, you've seen the results of that yeah. with, with Jordan Simmons and, and you know, his, his style's a, a, a little bit different. And, you know, you see the, the kind of pictures of guys and the way that they've improved. And, and so I think they have gotten stronger and they've definitely gotten faster. So to add a guy like Jernigan, if he does, in fact, sign, of course, this is just commitments. This isn't put to paper, but that's what we're hoping for on Wednesday. Uh, he's very talented. And then you look at. Uh, today, adding uh, a newcomer as well to the class, Marquise Allen Patton uh, from San Diego, went to Lincoln High School. This is a really dynamic kid. You're talking yeah. about 109 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, six interceptions. Uh, you get a kid like that from Southern California with offers like San Diego State, Army, Air Force, Navy. Uh, it shows the kind of toughness that he brings to the table as well. And then, you know, you get kids like that. Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? Yeah. Is, he a, is he a wide receiver? You just get talented kids that can run, that can that, that play hard-nosed football, uh, and then you figure out where they can kind of fit in. One of the names on this list that I love and Angus loves is Frank Posado. Frank Posado is six foot five, three hundred and forty pound offensive <laughs> lineman. He is massive. So, yeah, six uh, five, two eighty with Grant Stark. I mean, Posado three forty. Yeah, R.J. Taylor is a wow. big kid too. I got to meet him and his father on the sideline of one of the Nevada games, and just an absolute tank. Remind mm -hmm. me of uh, a taller Matt Gallus. If you remember Matt Gallus when he was a center, tough kid, center at Nevada. Bowl games coming up. Uh, we're sending four of you up to the bowl game in Boise. And uh, if you want to go to NevadaWolfpack.com, you can check out a bowl. Bus tickets That's sweet. and and uh, accommodations sort of deal. I mean, it's, good deal. It's a great deal if you want to check it out. Um, they're going to leave January second, which is that Thursday. That's you know, about a six-hour ride up. I, I don't know if there'll be libations on the bus. But <laughs> traditionally, usually there. I are. wish I would have gotten a spot on this bus right? instead of flying. It yeah. sounds pretty sweet. They're going to stay Thursday night, and then the bowl game, of course, is Saturday midday, and then they're going to drive home. So you're going to be home Saturday night. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you want to check that out, go to NevadaWolfpack.com. Uh, but this uh, signing day event is going to be on Wednesday, December 18th. Signing day kind of goes on all day. They're getting faxes all day. Um, but if you want to be part of this, Basin Street Club at Mackey Stadium, Coach Norvell is going to go through the, uh, the entire signing class with you. Doors open at 445, presentations at 530. 20 bucks, and you also get a basketball ticket yep. to the Texas Southern game 
that night, which you can see right here live on Nevada Sportsnet. Alex Margulies and Keith Future on the call. Got to RSVP, though, and they'd like you to do it by today. So 682-6901. Uh, That's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. I mean, you get to go to both, and it comes, you get some appetizers, you get to hang out, you get to see the coaches, talk about the players. Might as well spend the afternoon up there, uh, you know, get off work a little early maybe, you know, yeah. sneak out the door and and uh, get, gets that football signing day event and then basketball. Look, you won't hurt my feelings if you go to the game, but if you do go to the game, record it. Yeah. Come back, record it. You can watch the post-game show with you and, and Ethan and, and Chris when you get home or mm -hmm. go back and watch the game. It uh, should be really exciting as, as Nevada returns home and, and tries to you know, wash away what happened last week yeah. against BYU. But it's it, to me, it's neat. You, you see Texas Southern coming in and, and – the highlight is is getting to see some some old coaches that were here at Nevada. Johnny Jones, who yep. spent a season uh, as uh, kind of Eric Musselman's right hand man, is that as that kind of uh, head assistant coach, if you will, right. which a lot of coaches have filled. Uh, then Brandon Chambers, who was such a, an integral part of the coaching staff under Coach Moss, and, and now is an assistant coach. Uh, under Coach Jones uh, at Texas Southern. So it's going to be an exciting week. I think this is a team that needs to get back out on the court and yeah. they need to get a win. And this is a good timing for a Texas Southern team that is rebuilding mm -hmm. to come to, to uh, Lawler Event Center. Uh, one more thing before we go to break. Um, another local high school student athlete who's gone on to have great success now in the Pac-12, Brandon Ayuk, who's a McQueen High School graduate, went through the junior college route, says he is not going to play in the bowl game. Thank Sun Devil fans and says, you know what? I am preparing for the NFL draft. He's one of the highest rated receivers slash kick returners in this upcoming draft. And watching him physically just develop in the last year at Arizona State has been amazing. Yeah, no doubt. And it's hard to blame a kid for, no. for making this decision. I mean, he's given his time and, and, and his efforts to the school and, and you know, he, he gets the scholarship in return. But you know, he's got to think about his financial future, mm -hmm. and, and the last thing you want to do is compromise yourself in a bowl game. So I, w would I do this if I were him? I don't know. I, I can't put myself in his shoes, but I never really criticize, to me, uh, a player for doing this. I'm, I'm sure it, it, it leaves a bit of a stain when you're talking about his teammates and, and just saying, hey, man, you know, we're, we're all kind of fighting and doing this, and right. you're going to leave us. You know, I'm not sure how well-received that's going to be inside that locker room, but um, you know, good for him. He's, he's going to be one of the top receivers taken off the board. And, and what an incredible story. A, another kid from Reno that's been able to find success uh, at the collegiate level and, and now what appears to be a future NFL success and somebody mm -hmm. that's going to be drafted really, really high and, and join a list of, of players that have come out in, in recent years and, and, and done well to represent Reno with, with Kyle Van Noy and with Austin Corbett uh, now with the Rams. And, and there's a bunch of other players that you could rattle off. But uh, it's, it's exciting to see uh, somebody go, you know, leave Reno. He went to McQueen and then did his thing and, and it landed at Arizona State. Yeah. Uh, and has certainly been really, really impressive and dynamic there. So I clicked on the tweet that uh, Brandon I you put out, and I scrolled down because, of course, what, what do you, the Internet, I'm here for the comments, right? That's you're always – and I'm bracing myself because I don't want to see them bash this young mm -hmm. man. Arizona State fans were fantastic. Go get it. Congratulations. So, hey, kudos to ASU fans who come. And, look, he's not playing in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not playing in the Rose Bowl. You're not playing in the college football playoff. Yeah. And, and how much does this bowl game they're playing in really matter? You know what I mean? Like, mm. they all matter. Yeah. And, but at the same time, you're not playing for a championship. So, right. do, is it really worth the risk? You know, to him, it wasn't. If he moves up around, that, if that, it's millions. Yeah. Millions of dollars. Yeah. So, you, he's got to think of his family. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, he's the new face of UNLV football. We'll break down a little bit of Marcus Arroyo's massive contract. Coming up next.
Well, the Rebels have their man in Marcus Arroyo, former offensive coordinator at the University of Oregon. It was a quick search. You know, if you're UNLV, you're, you're, hey, we got to get our guy in here, get him in here now. Sometimes when stuff like that happens, you have to immediately start. Mm -hmm. So he gets a chance to recruit yeah. a little bit, and that's one of his great reputations is that he's a great recruiter. Chris joked last week that seems like every coach, that's a hired head coach is, who is young, is always oh, a great recruiter. But Arroyo can recruit. But you're talking $1.5 million mm. in 2020 and 2021. Then it bumps to 155, 155, and then one point six million dollars. Now UNLV will owe Arroyo 75% of his remaining salary for the life of the contract if they fire him. So you're looking at if you go three years in you're still looking at having to settle up a couple of million dollars mm -hmm. and owe him that if you fire him. Um, what are your thoughts? We haven't been able to get your thoughts. I think it's steep. Hire. I mean I just don't understand why you would pay him that much. I mean I, I know they liked him but like, would they not be able to get a deal done? Mm -hmm. Like I think he wants to be a head coach so badly he probably would have taken a million or less. Yeah. I mean why 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 pay 1.5 for a coach that has no track record as a head coach? Uh, it, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, to be honest with you. I, I think they could have gotten it done for far less than that. Uh, are they trying to make a statement that, hey, this is what we do and UNLV pays this kind of a salary? And, and uh, But I don't understand what that really does for them mm -hmm. uh, other than just paying him more money. Uh, I get it if, you've, if you have a, a head coach that maybe is – um, you know, very hot and, you know, has a risk of, of going somewhere else. But, um, you know, I don't know how many teams were, were banging down Marcos Arroyo's door. Having said that, I mean, I know that he is a guy that's been talked about for years yeah. as a head coaching candidate. I know in Nevada uh, was looking for a head coach a few years ago and they settled on Jane Norvell. I, I remember seeing his name a lot as, as being somebody that Nevada should take into consideration uh, and, you know, he's had an incredible experience being at, at Oregon most recently and, and, and learning from that coaching staff and what they do and, and all those different things. So for me, I, I think it's, it's, uh, it's too much money, but mm. if he gets the job done, yeah. no one's going to care. If he goes out and wins a Mountain West, no one cares how much you're paying him. Uh, I want to ask you a flip side question because I asked Chris this last week, bet or no bet. So I want to ask you, bet or no bet, does Arroyo win a Mountain West title during this contract? No bet. No bet. I will not bet on that. I'm not going to say he can do it in five years. Um, I'm not going to say that he cannot ever do it. Right. Um, I think he can turn UNLV into a contender. I think he can. Um, he's got a winning mentality. He's a very dynamic personality. Uh, he was a college quarterback at San Jose State. He knows the conference. Uh, he's got Pac-12 experience. But uh, it's tough to turn a pro football program around. And fans are not patient at times. You look at what Brian Polian did and – then struggled, and by the time his guys were seniors, he was gone. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and who reaped the benefit of, you know, when Polian was winning? Those were guys that weren't his guys. So you look at the, the guys that were last year. You look at Malik, uh, Malik Reed, and you look at Corey Rush. Those were all Polian recruits. But I think he, you have to give a guy time. If, if UNLV will be patient with him, I think he can turn it into a winner. Uh, it's a brand new stadium. You got a ton of money. You got a brand new football. They've got all the resources in the You've world. You've got at this what point. you need. Yeah. Um, like, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to no. compete at this point. I, th I think the only thing that the negative stigma is where they are. Yeah. I, you've and got, you're going to have a lot of parents. They're going to say, you know, what, do, I, do I do I want my kid going to Vegas? Is that kind of what you're that's saying? That's it. Yeah. yeah that, that's one of the only things I've ever heard is a parent going, "Do I want my kid?" to go to Las Spend Vegas. four years in that and atmosphere. I, yeah. I lived in Vegas. Vegas is a great city. It mm -hmm. is. It yeah. is a fine city. Um, Reno gets the same stigma, but yeah. I don't think Reno gets it as much because of the size difference. Right. You know, uh, so 
I don't know. I, I think I think he can become a winner here. Whether or not he will, I do not know. But you look at his predecessor, Sanchez made six hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. He's going to make one point five million. Yeah. Uh, you're wow. I don't know how they got through the. Program. Well, again, it just goes why. Yeah. Like why? I, why did I they need know. to pay him one point five? Yeah. He's like, now, don't you think they could have gotten this done for nine hundred for eight hundred? Yeah. I think I think they could. I think they could have gotten him for eight hundred. Maybe, but Easily. I don't know what his salary. I don't know. I should have done the research, but I did not do the research before. I what his salary was? In what Oregon. his salary was? At yeah, Oregon. That's a good point. Um, so he's now tied for third in the Mountain West Conference, largest salary, with uh, with Colorado State, um, and then the. How about Wyoming? Number Wyoming, one on that list. Well, Wyoming, Craig Bowl making one point five one two. But all I bet if you, I bet if you polled fans in the Mountain West and said who's the highest paid coach in the Mountain West Conference, how many people would would say Wyoming? Uh, well, I mean, Boise State, uh, Brian Harson's number one at 1.75. But that, make, that like, makes, like, Harson makes sense. But number two, I would have picked Wyoming to be right in the middle. But mm -hmm. at the same time, if you think about it, Wyoming gets so much money from the state because they're the only right. university in the state. If you've seen their facilities, mm -hmm. their facilities are top-notch. A ton of money. Ton well, of money. it just goes to but show it's interesting. It's so hard to recruit to Laramie. Yeah, and it's interesting. It shows, I mean, Nevada has gotten money from the state, and they've chose, chosen to put it into academic facilities. Mm -hmm. Gyms, you know the the student gym, uh, whereas other schools have decided to pump that into athletics. This is going to be an interesting time now for Nevada as they go into the potential of having a new president. Is do they now have a president when they make this next move that is going to take some of the money that they're given by the state and put it back into athletics, mm -hmm. whereas right. the previous regime is not, had not been willing to do that? How important do you think that is oh, for the Wolfpack? To have a president that is willing to invest back into the athletics is right now it's all supported basically by donors and by tickets and those two things, you know, they're certainly not getting the job done when it comes to the big glaring need right now for Nevada and that's getting an indoor facility. I mean, even saw Gabe Sewell go on Twitter a couple of weeks ago and, and there was a fan basically criticizing him and how slow he was moving in the last game and he said, well, if my legs weren't frozen from working out outside in the snow from the last two days and it, excuses or not, whatever, mm -hmm. it brings up the point again that Nevada is at a complete competitive disadvantage right now when you don't have an indoor facility and, and somehow they need to figure out a way to make that happen. Everyone knows that that's the number one thing they're trying to get done. But to me, I think if you get a president in place that values being able to support the athletic programs through some of that money, that maybe that gets done. But, man, we're almost almost 2020. Nevada still doesn't have an indoor facility. It's disappointing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want I want to be covering a university or you want to be a booster of a university where the president of the university and the football coach and the athletic director sit at the same table mm -hmm. when you go when they go to a dinner. You know, I, I want to see that. I, I would love to see a Joe Crowley type of guy, man or woman, hired at the University of Nevada. Somebody who understands athletics, not that Mark Donson didn't, not that Milk Glick didn't, but a person who goes, this is something that's a priority, yep. even though this is an educational institution. Absolutely. I, I look at campus now compared to 1994 when I moved into this area, and it's you wouldn't recognize it. Yep. It's absolutely gone crazy, mm -hmm. and, and they continue to expand. So it's a fine line, but... Um, to, to finish off, Jane Orville's salary, $500,000 dead last mm -hmm. in the Mountain West Conference. Mm -hmm. If you want to win, you want to attract coaches, you got to pay them. Yeah. And, and they got a bargain with Jay. They yep. had a bargain with Chris Alt before. That's this. what the, fan, the, the fans that are saying fire Norvell are insane. Oh, crazy. Are absolutely insane because, one, I think Jay has done a really, really good job. And when you think about the job that he has done in a $500,000 salary, mm -hmm. think about like the price per win that Nevada is paying. I mean, Jay has done an outstanding job when you consider the resources that he has had. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of people think and realize that. You think about not only the resources that he has just being paid for himself, but 
the money pool that he has to pay his assistance. And again, it goes back to the facilities. You know, Nevada right now is, does not have the facilities to compete against the Boise States, nope. against the San Diego States, against the Colorado States. We've, I've, their new facilities are incredible. You mentioned Wyoming having great facilities. Now UNLV has this brand new uh, football complex, and they're going to have the nicest stadium in the Mountain West Conference. So it, it's it's tough. You know, Nevada is, is doing the best that they can. You know, I give D Doug Newth a lot of credit. I give Jane Orvell a lot of credit for doing what they can with what they've got. Um, but, you know, something's got to change if this team wants to be at the top and wants to be competing for Mountain West championships like they always talk about wanting to do. You know they want to do it, yep. but how they get there, you know, still remains to be seen. We will continue to beat this horse as it uh, runs down the road. Uh, coming up next here on NSN Daily, last game in Oakland for the Raiders and uh, did not end the way that Raiders fans wanted to. Yeah, not going to happen, buddy. Sorry. Uh, the last hurrah in Oakland. We'll have that next. A rough uh, few minutes for uh, both Bay Area teams on on Sunday. To start with Oakland uh, Raiders in their final game at the Coliseum, and uh, you know it's going to go down as as not the ending they mm -hmm. wanted, but at the same time the support this season by Raiders fans. I have to give credit because um, you could tell that this is a fan base that understood what was happening. Their team was being moved again away from Oakland, and. Uh, I had, a, I had a guy call me the other day and say, "Well, they'll be back in they'll be back in Oakland in 10 years anyhow." And I went, "Okay, we'll see, man." Derek Carr um, walking off the field afterwards, and you can tell he was he was not happy. Goes over and starts shaking hands with some of the people in the black hole. But uh, Raiders are headed to Las Vegas. Yeah, what a gut punch for the fan base. I mean, not only do you lose the last game and you lose it by giving up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but then th th this is it. You know, it's such a disappointing way for a lot of fans that, that may never see the Oakland Raiders play in person again. Mm -hmm. You think about uh, so many people in the Oakland and, and in the Bay Area that have supported that team for so long, and, and uh, you know, now they're going to Las Vegas. I know a lot of Raider fans that are excited about the move and, yeah. and you know, that they'll get to play in, in what will be, you know, one of the top stadiums in the entire National Football League compared to uh, the Coliseum, which has been decrepit for a long time and, and not exactly uh, the best venue. But it, it is one of those venues I think you won't forget. It's no, like it's like it's when the timeless. it's when, like when the Giants left uh, Candlestick Park. I yeah. mean, Candlestick Park was a dump, but it was it was kind of our dump. It, that's, that's exactly you know what, what I was going to say. It really is. I mean, so the scene afterwards, I was surprised more players didn't stick around. and Maybe the cameras just didn't capture all of them. I was surprised there wasn't a big lap done by mm -hmm. players. Um, John Gruden, though, and uh, Derek Carr expressed their emotions after falling at home to Jacksonville 20-16 to in the final game, maybe final game, at, uh, at Oakland Coliseum. I'd like to say I wish we could have sent the Raider fans off with a lot better finish than that. I think most importantly, uh, before we talk about the game, is um, I'd like to thank the fans. I'd like to thank the city of Oakland for supporting the Raiders and uh, being faithful in all kinds of seasons. And um, I'll miss them. I love them. And I'm sorry about the outcome today, but um, I think that's something that needs to be said and exclamation pointed. But um, really apologize that we weren't able to deliver a victory. You know, it's not really the result today. It's the results of the Raiders over the years. It's the Oakland Raiders. Um, it's the appreciation, the loyalty that 
you know, these fans, I think, have had for the Raiders, and um, we're going to miss them. You know, the relationship is hopefully never going to end, but um, it's, it was sad walking in here today. It's going to be sad walking out of here for the last time, and it's a lot to wrap your arms around, but we love our, our fans. We love the city of Oakland. We thank them, and we'll certainly miss them. Oh, I saw a couple, uh, a couple people, a little kid, you know, a couple people I saw have seen over the years. Um, uh, and just said thanks, you know. Uh, you know, whenever I'm done playing football, they can get mad at somebody else someday that's the quarterback, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, there, there's, there's too many times, too many fun memories where uh, I've had with, especially those certain people, um, where it's our last time there. It's just a cool moment, you know, to say thank you uh, to some of those guys, um, you know, that, that have familiar faces. I mean, memories of, you know, throwing a ball and, you know, breaking Gorilla Rilla's, you know, chain and things like that and signing it the next week. Like, it's just so many memories, uh, you know, with all those people. So uh, I, I had told him I was going to come say hi to him after the game no matter what. You know, one of the things that was disappointing me is I heard fans booing Derek Carr, and it's, there's, there's been articles now written about it because it was that loud. And, I mean, I know it's the season you can go the way you wanted to, but... Is it really Derek Carr's fault? Is it really? Yeah, I mean, just, you know? is that the, really the last impression you want? But, uh, yeah, um, and the only reason why I say might be the last game, who knows? I mean, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if they're going to knock the stadium down tomorrow. And, you know, <laughs> the Raiders have done this before. I yep. mean, we saw the Rams go to St. Louis and come back. Teams move. But I, if I'm a Raider fan, I wonder if, if you're having the same feeling when... Growing up a Giants fan, I remember when Tampa was trying to steal to San Francisco Giants. Yeah. And it, I was a kid, and there was just a pit in my stomach of, I'm going to lose my team. You know, I, Maybe it's different because the Raiders are literally not moving that far away. They're just moving to southern Nevada from northern California. But the Giants were going to move to Tampa. They are going to move to Florida. It's like, what do you do? But uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be curious to call some of my, my buddies that are Raider fans and kind of pick their brains today. How many Raider fans do you think will convert and become 49er fans? None. I mean, that's me. Come on. I, I, I mean, I can't say none, but <laughs> I, I can't. I mean, guys that I know that, that want to just go to a football game, you know? Yeah, maybe they'll go to a game and, and, and go, okay, this is cool. I like uh -huh. this product. And, and, you know, and some people are torqued. Some people are mad mm -hmm. and just twisted and just say, you know what? I'm done with it. Well, that's what I'm I was thinking is like, I wonder anymore. if a lot of people go, you know, screw it. Maybe I'll go. I'll go become a 49er fan now. Might happen. You wonder if I'm. I'm not the guys that are my friends. Well, I'm curious, <laughs> and it has to be so much with uh, with how the team plays. But I wonder if you see like an increase in 49er ticket sales mm -hmm. and different things because of the fact that now there's only one team yeah. in the Bay Area. Yeah, it's the only. And so I, I guess that is one silver lining for Raider fans. And I know they, of course, don't really want to go support a team that's not their team in yeah. the same city, but. Uh, you know, when, when the Rams leave St. Louis, like, they don't have another football team that's there. Yeah. You know, when, when the uh, Seattle Supersonics leave Seattle, like, there isn't another NBA team there. So, I guess if there is one silver lining to Raider fans is that whether they want to support that team or not, there is another NFL team in their city to an extent. I mean, San Francisco, Santa Clara, Oakland, they're all very close proximity. I'm sure there's a lot of Raider fans that live all over the Bay Area, and they, mm -hmm. I know there mm -hmm. are. Uh, so I, I think that is one nice thing is that there is still a team that they can go watch and go support and go just watch NFL football. Yeah. Uh, but I know it's not, not, not much consolation to see your team get ripped away. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be a – I imagine it's a dark Monday right now. A lot of places in Oak, a lot of people kind of walking into work feeling 
McMahon Very pretty just, just, just got divorced. Yeah, know? exactly. Meanwhile, the new home of the Raiders down in uh, Southern Nevada, Legion Stadium. They say it is right on schedule, scheduled to be complete by July 2020. Construction crews almost finished attaching glass panels to the superstructure on the ground level. Parking lots are being paved. I don't know how many because people keep telling me from <laughs> our stations down there that there's not going to be enough parking. But uh, landscaping underway, sidewalks are being installed. This thing is going to be absolutely massive. Are they it's sure they want to call it a Legion Stadium, though? Yeah, well, they want to, I mean, you got to short it to the Al, you know. In, there you go. In, to, for Al Davis. That and, makes it better. But uh, you can see, hey, look, a tree. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're getting it done. They're getting it done, and it, it's, it's going to be beautiful. But uh, the Mountain West Conference has handed down some suspensions to guys that were going to play in that first game down there at UNLV. And um, a public reprimand for one more of them, Giovanni Faulo Sr., uh, has been uh, suspended for two games. He's the player that allegedly swung his mm. helmet at a fan in that southern end zone. Evan Austria and Noah Bean suspended for one game. Justin Polu suspended for one game as well. And then Steve Jenkins, if you don't know who that young man is, he caught the winning touchdown and then went over and introduced himself to the Nevada sideline. <laughs> and um, he's been uh, issued a public reprimand for violations of Mountain West Rule 4, sportsmanship. So four players from each team suspended. Four players from each team suspended, yes, mm. for uh, multiple. But, uh, yeah, since uh, Austria and Polu, um, they are both seniors. They are done. They will not play again. And the Mountain West is going to defer to UNLV for what they're calling appropriate disciplinary action. Mm. So. We'll see. We'll see. It's good to put that one to bed. Put it to bed and get it behind us. Yep. Let's get to the bowl yep. game. Yep. Coming up next here on NSN Daily. Yeah, bad day for the Niners as well. Kyle Shanahan running into his old team, and they were ready for the Niners. We'll have that and a great send-off to a future Hall of Famer next. <music> Meanwhile, in Santa Clara, yeah, a different type of heartbreak if you're the 49ers. Um, I thought that the first catch by Hooper was a touchdown at the end of play, and then they took that away. And I, you even saw Kyle Shanahan walking along, kind of going, I don't know what's a touchdown anymore. Mm -hmm. So I thought he had possession when the ball hit the ground. And then you know, Julio Jones hadn't caught a touchdown pass in, what, nine games? What and then catches, catches two against San Francisco. Um, what's your barometer on this team right now? Coming off of that great win over the, over the Saints, and then to fall to San Francisco or to fall to Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to you don't want to lose to a team like the Falcons that have won four games coming in. Uh, so not exactly how you want to follow things up. But th this happens in the NFL. I mean, look, there, there's a lot of good teams and and upsets happen. Um, I, I think it, it was there. There was probably going to be an emotional letdown for the team after winning such a big game in New Orleans. You know, my opinion on, on it is. It's disappointing because you, you lose your opportunity really to be in the driver's seat when it comes to being the number one seed. And if the 49ers won out, they would have been the number one seed mm -hmm. uh, in the NFC. And, and now there's still some work to be done. So that could really come back to bite them uh, come playoff time because they couldn't take, adv take advantage of playing uh, a team like the Falcons. But my, my barometer on this team overall is they're a team that has proven that they can play with the best in the NFL. Mm -hmm. they, they played right down to the very last minute. Uh, with with the Baltimore Ravens. They played to the final second and, and went into overtime in a game against the Seattle Seahawks in, in a game that they very well maybe should have won. If Maybe a call or two doesn't go their way, and, and, but that's just kind of what happens uh, in the NFL. And they were able to pull out a win on the road against a New Orleans Saints team that, that is as dangerous as anybody right now in the NFL. So these things happen. It's disappointing. You don't want to lose at home to a team like the Falcons, uh, but... You know, I, I think this 49er team has every bit of a chance as anybody 
in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. I, I think the injuries in the secondary showed up against yeah. the Falcons. You're going up against a Matt Ryan who will be a Hall of Fame mm -hmm. quarterback. I mean, he, he's he's chasing down. I think he's uh, up next is John Elway for him to pass when it comes to to passing yards. So he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, I don't care how bad the Falcons have played this year. They're they're still. You're talking about a guy who's a trigger man who can put it all over the yard. Um, but they are banged up in the secondary. Yeah. And if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo, I need to look at myself in the mirror and go, there are some of these throws I need to be making. Mm -hmm. Because there are throws I've seen him make this year, and I'm like, that is incredible. And then something where, I mean, I'm not the guy that's rolling out of the pocket with a 300-pound defensive lineman chasing me. I'll admit that. But it seems like it's a throw that a $130 million quarterback yeah. should be able to make. But at the same time, I agree with you. I think this is a team that – can catch fire, can win out. They've got the pieces. They've can got they get the pieces to but do can it. they be healthy? Can they be healthy and do it? Right. Uh, just got to get it all on the field at the same time. Yep. Um, East Rutherford, New Jersey, home of the New York Giants and the New York football Jets as well. How about the Eli Manning send-off? Got pulled in the fourth quarter of a blowout win, and he got a standing ovation from some, maybe some of the toughest fans in pro sports. And you can see Eli getting emotional there. And what do the Giants do? As the crowd is starting to calm down, they call timeout <laughs> so that it could continue. The love fest could continue. The players, his teammates are staying away from him so he can be up on the Jumbotron by himself. And you know what? I absolutely loved this, the way that he was sent off as a hero. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, hugging his family. And you know what? Text right off into the sunset. If, if, you're, if I'm Eli Manning, do you come back? Do you try and do it again? Nah. I, I think what do you I, have I, left to play for? I mean, he's won multiple Super Bowls. Yep. Uh, you know, he's, 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 he's a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Certainly. And he did it in, in the most difficult place to win. Absolutely. Uh, in the country, in the biggest media market in New York with the most pressure. Uh, and just some incredible memories. And, and it's, it is always good to see organization and, and fans do, do things like this for players. And you can tell how much it meant to Eli. And, and uh, he was very emotional. Uh, going off the fields and and but yeah, why why would you go play? Mm -hmm. I mean, what for what reason? Like, why would you go play for another team at this point? Retire as a giant, you know. Be be happy about your two Super Bowls and and what you were able to accomplish with them and and just and and ride off, mm -hmm. you know, because he's got plenty of money. He's he's got he's got the rings. Uh, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. What else? What else would you want to play? He's for? got bragging rights. He's got at, bragging rights at, 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 at Thanksgiving, right. man. Yeah, like, that's so, never going away. Hey, Peyton, how many rings do you exactly. have? Exactly. Oh, my God. Yep. I can only imagine yep. that. But uh, talk about a, a guy that I wish could have gotten a better send-off. And granted, Eli hasn't made an announcement. But uh, a guy that is gone, yep. I really wish he could have gotten a better send-off, is Madison Bumgarner with mm. the Giants. Uh, now it's being announced that it's a five-year deal. He's going to be signing with the Arizona Diamondbacks. $85 million uh, for the big left-hander who could probably DH in this league. But uh, your thoughts on Mad Bum? Not just leaving the Giants, but not leaving the division. Yeah, that's going to be tough for San Francisco to have to match up with him uh, how many times a year. Mm -hmm. Man, to think that that's all that it did to get it done was 5-85. and 85. The mm -hmm. Giants have the money to pay that. Yeah. I mean, I think, are you going to get the worth out of that over five years? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Uh, you know, odds would say that you won't. You know, I think history would say that you won't get value out of that when you're looking at just a dollars and cents thing. But... I mean, come on. This is Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. This is this is arguably the greatest postseason pitcher of all time. This is a guy that single-handedly probably won you at least one World Series. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think if nothing else, 
you, you just want a guy like that to stay with San Francisco. You want him to retire a giant. You want him uh, to continue to pitch at, at uh, what is it, Oracle Park now. I mean, you just want to see him continue on. This is a really, man, talk about a, a rough day in the Bay Area. No kidding. The, the Raiders lose in their last game. The Niners blow a game against the, the Falcons, and Madison Bumgarner is going to the Diamondbacks. If there's one silver lining is that he's not pitching for the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. And considering yeah. that that was an option, uh, that would have been I'm, sickening. I'm, I mean, yeah. come on, man. Could you imagine having to watch a Giants-Dodger game and watching Mad Bum wearing Dodger blue? I mean, I would not be able to handle that. Yeah. So I think I think both fans of the Dodgers and the Giants, I think, are are slightly relieved that it's the Diamondbacks, but dang. You look at what they've got now when you talk about their starting pitching. And, and, it, and of all of a sudden, Madison Bumgarner is Madison Bumgarner that we know that he's capable of when he's playing for a competitive team. Yeah. Whew, that's scary. I mean, he's, he could be scary. their number three. He could be their number four. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have mean, to do anything. Uh, good, good on the Diamondbacks. I think that was a yeah. great signing for big, them. Big time. The, the moment I can't well wait to see. Well worth it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, great value there. I mean, it's risk. It's a risk. He's 30. Yeah. You know, it, does he ever – Pitched the way they did it before, no one knows. But, I mean, dang, talk about just sending a signal to your fan base that you're, that you're going for it, and you're going for it with elite pitching one through five. I mean, that's, it's impressive. I can't wait for the first time. The moment I want to see is Mad Bum's first time he faces Buster Posey. Mm -hmm. And if I'm Mad Bum, I brush him back. <laughs> Have a little fun with it. The other thing is, too, if, if Madison gets hurt, where is he going to go? Yeah, what happened? Arena. We might get to see Madison go. But that's another silver lining if you're in right. Reno is that uh, if he does ha end up having to make a rehab start at any point in AAA, it's going to be here with the Aces. And that could be – you have to think at some point over those five years, at some point Madison Bumgarner is going to pitch at Greater Nevada Field, and that would be awesome. I would love to see that. Yep. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, it's too close for missiles. We're switching to guns. Top Gun 2, another teaser is out. And, yeah, we're geeked. We're going to talk about that next. <laughs> Welcome back to NSN Daily. You know, uh, Julian Delgadio considers himself to be the movie guru of, uh, of our yeah. department. You say guru, I say snob. But okay, yeah. well, we'll, 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 <laughs> we will uh, agree to guru agree or whatever we want to do. He is kind of a movie snob. Yeah, but, a little bit. Yeah, but uh, Top Gun 2, and it's not even Top Gun 2, it's Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. And they released, released another trailer, Paramount Pictures, and Skydance released another trailer today. And I'm sorry, I'm geeked up about this. Yeah, this made it easier to get out of bed this morning, right? didn't it? On a Monday, yep. Uh, I would put Top Gun at a minimum in my top ten, more likely in my top five. And honestly, in terms of just pure enjoyment, if there's a movie that comes on the TV and I will watch it anytime, anywhere, mm -hmm. it's, it's Top Gun. Yeah. It might be my favorite movie ever. I freaking love this movie. Yeah. And uh, I've been waiting for some kind of a reboot or a two or or whatever for a long time. And yeah, this uh, this trailer got me pretty geeked up. Miles Teller, right there, you get to see him. He's playing uh, Goose, the son of Goose. Good-looking stash, by the way. Looks great, man. Yeah. I mean, and kudos to him who, who stopped, and thanks to him for stopping by. I mean, we were up at the Celebrity Golf Tournament last year. had him on set, and he was talking about the, filming this movie, and he could only give away a few secrets, but uh, said how much fun he had on it. And uh, the ageless Tom Cruise, I can't believe this movie came out originally in 1986. Crazy. And it still stands up. Um, Interesting to me. I can't wait to to see how we went from the F-14s to the to F-18s. If it's something as simple as this is the workhorse of the United States Navy uh, right now is the F-18. But I, to me, that was I love the F-14. I know that it's probably I mean, that's probably the reason why is because it's just modern times now. Um, but uh, that was a character in that movie was the Tomcat. 
Now they're flying these Hornets or Super Hornets. And there's something with the P-51. I don't know if that's Maverick's you know, side gig and he flies <laughs> a P-51 around, but this looks just visually spectacular. Yeah, the action looks great. You know, Miles Teller told us they actually had to to fly, the, you know, they had to be in the cockpit themselves. There were no stunt doubles, mm -hmm. uh, so they had to deal with the G-forces, and and uh, and a lot of it was filmed right here in our backyard, yep. out out at Fallon, and, and a lot of the the shots are throughout the state of Nevada, which is which makes it really really neat. And uh, uh, you, you can bet that I will be what there. What is that? That I will be there the very <laughs> first opportunity I can to see that movie. Mm -hmm. That's going to be awesome this June. Uh, it's it's uh, it was interesting too. I, I was looking it up on on Wikipedia. And, and I didn't realize Val Kilmer is actually in it. I didn't realize that because you, you haven't seen anything of, of Val Kilmer uh, you know, coming back as Iceman. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Top Gun, Maverick. I June think I saw a beach volleyball scene in there too. There was, they're playing beach football or beach volleyball. <laughs> you have to. It's, and it's got to have a Kenny Loggins song. Uh -huh, it, so, uh -huh. know, uh, easily. But uh, yeah, we're excited about it. And uh, we've we got to beat Julian to it. We got to beat Julian. Oh, you know he'll be there the first day. Probably. I'll probably be there the first showing. I don't. It, will they do it Star Wars style, or you can go like the night before at, at oh, six o'clock? Awesome. I don't. I don't know. I Whatever. Don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Are they selling tickets to it yet? Probably not, huh? I don't know. I want to get a media availability and get in there early. <laughs> Coming up next here on NSN Daily, celebrating the season, Santa and our first responders, and those who fight for our military. It was all at uh, Greater Nevada Field downtown this weekend. Camel Christmas is next. Well, tis the season and whatever you, holiday you celebrate this time of year, we hope that you're doing it with family, friends, loved ones, and you're doing it in a very safe way. And we wanted to recognize an event that, you know, helped out the people that keep us safe on a daily basis. It was Camo Christmas at Greater Nevada Field on Sunday. Even Santa Claus was there. Man, parents are pretty excited about that. I was <laughs> trying to get the kids to smile for the picture. Uh, holiday celebration for veterans, first responders, and those who are active military. Uh, there were toy giveaways, arts and crafts, pictures with Santa, train rides. Uh, like, look, R2-D2 was the droids. even there. And I, I heard Iron Man even showed up wow. to this one. I mean, if you can get a superhero to show up, it's a pretty <laughs> big deal. And there's John Yuspo with uh, Honor Flight Nevada. He's a superhero in our, in our community as well. But thank you to all of those who may not think you're sacrificing, um, but, but we know that you are, and it means a lot. And Greater Nevada Field has their Winterfest continuing. The train rides going through the ballpark. It's cool that they get to continue and, and use the ballpark for so many events. They've got the, the slaughterhouse during mm -hmm. uh, Halloween and, and – uh, this during Christmas, but it, it made me think about decorating, right? Okay. Chris said he was two weeks before Thanksgiving putting up trees and decorations, which I found to be kind of crazy. Uh, when did you start putting your decorations uh, up? First off, flag on the play, that's out of bounds. So two weeks before is way too, <laughs> too, way too early That's a no me. bet. That's a no bet, but then again, I don't have little ones. Right? He's got two little ones. That's fair. Um, we, first week of December, we usually get the tree up, but uh, you know, I, I don't have I don't have a little one knocking on the door. Dad, Jimmy, Jimmy's dad put it, put up the Christmas tree, and then you feel like a bad parent or something. But uh, no, first week of Christmas. I've been uh, very procrastinating this year. Happens. It's been been too bad. Ski season just showed up. It, 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 it did just show up, and, and I don't know if I can top last year because I had a real tree, yeah. a real live tree that I planted in my front yard. I might put ornaments on that tree though. That's a great idea. Yeah. Thanks for being here with us here on NSN Daily on a Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.